I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 189 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an incredible guest to bring you guys on this Transformation Tuesday. He is the New York Times bestselling author of Fit to Fat to Fit. Drew Manning will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And do not miss out on tomorrow's podcast. I can't think of any more tragic circumstance in life than having to bury your child. And tomorrow's guest, Eric Reese, had to do just that. His daughter, Jessie Reese, died of cancer. And she started something called the Joy Jars, which she handed out to other sick kids. And her story is just incredibly inspiring. Her generosity lives on today. She has touched the lives of hundreds of thousands of people all over the world. And Eric Reese will be joining me tomorrow. So be sure to lock it in for that. Thursday, we're going to have one of the biggest names in CrossFit, Jason Kalipa. He'll be stopping by the show here, and he hosts a podcast of his own called Coffee with Kalipa. And Friday, I am going to get you guys ready for this year's Kentucky Derby. World-class jockey Jose Ortiz will be my guest, and he is going to be riding one of the top contenders in this year's Run for the Roses on a horse named Tacitus, who is the point leader coming into the event. So this is going to be very exciting. I will be rooting for him all the way for sure. I am putting together a strong group of dads for next week as well, so be sure to follow me over on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to catch up on all the latest guest announcements that are coming your way. And if you have a chance, please head over to iTunes and help me out with a rating or a review. On a more personal note here, I have another exciting weekend headed my way here for my family. Our third son will be receiving his first communion this weekend, and my two older boys recently became altar servers, and they will be doing the Mass for the communion. So it's going to be a special weekend for us, and I will be sure to throw up some pictures on social media about it, so follow me if you can. So let's go, dads. Make sure you are telling every father in your neighborhood and in your contact list about the podcast here. We are celebrating fatherhood and family life, fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to jump right into the action now with New York Times bestselling author, Drew Manning. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and joining me now is a first-class father. He is the New York Times best-selling author of Fit to Fat to Fit, The Unexpected Lessons from Gaining and Losing 75 Pounds on Purpose. He has been featured on The Dr. Oz Show, CNN, Good Morning America, The Tonight Show, The View, MSNBC, and many other media outlets. It is a big privilege for me to say, Drew Manning, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks for having me on, man. Looking forward to this. All right, here we go. How many kids do you have, and how old are they? I got two daughters. Uh, They are currently nine and seven. Very cool. What type of uh, sports or activities are they into? Um, Currently, uh, they both do jujitsu and singing lessons, and they both do dance. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Yeah, that Brazilian jujitsu is very popular now, more and more with the kids each year, so it's great to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great way for them to learn discipline and kind of understand their bodies and understand that they 
it's cool to be strong, right? So I want them to definitely learn those values. Awesome. All right, Drew, please take a minute here just to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, well, most people know me from my Fit to Fat to Fit experiment that I did back in 2011. And what happened in a nutshell was I was a personal trainer. I grew up my entire life in shape. And I uh, felt like I didn't have a a good understanding of what my clients were going through um, just because I've never been overweight. And so I had this idea to get fat on purpose. And as crazy as that sounds, it made sense in my mind and it felt like something I needed to do. And so I did it. So for six months, I stopped exercising, ate whatever I want to, and I ended up gaining 75 pounds in six months of pure fat. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever done, one of the most humbling things that that happened to me. But I learned so many valuable lessons during the journey. Fortunately, I lost the weight, uh, which is why it's called Fit to Fat to Fit. Wrote a book about the whole experience, uh, became a New York Times bestseller, had two seasons of a TV show, right? This turned into a TV show called Fit to Fat to Fit on A&E. And I've kind of created a brand around this, um, yeah, uh, about, uh, around this journey, um, talking about empathy, uh, respect, and a better understanding. And that's what I took away from this whole experience. Yeah, what an amazing journey, Drew. And how old were you when you became a father? And how did becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life? Oh, wow. So I became a dad in 2009. And um, I remember I read this book called Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters, because I knew I was having a girl. Someone recommended it to me. I'm like, okay, I'll check it out. And I read that book, and it totally changed my perspective of, of specifically having you know, the, uh, a father's relationship to having a daughter and how important that role is in the daughter's life, because a, a, a daughter learns how to love from her mom, but it learn, they learn how to be loved from their dad. And so that rang true to me, and it really opened up my eyes to just how important it is for me to show love to my daughter and show her how to be loved. Um, and so for me, being a dad is by far the most important role that I take the most serious in my life. If everything else fails, business, you know, obviously, uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it, uh, my marriage failed. None of that matters if, if for me, I can go, to, I can sleep easy at night knowing that I was the best dad I could be. Yeah, it is awesome to hear you say that, Drew, because right now we are facing a fatherless problem in the country, and the stats prove how important it is to grow up with a father figure in the home. And like you said there, the experience of a father's love is really irreplaceable. 100%. I couldn't agree more. And for me, um, you know, I grew up with, um, you know, a, a mom and a dad, and I'm very fortunate to have both of them in my life. And I think, you know, there are a lot of problems stemming from a fatherless, you know, uh, upbringing. And, so I take that role very seriously, and I feel very fortunate and very blessed um, to be able to pass along the good values and morals that I learned to my kids, take away the things I don't like, right, because we, we grew up in a different culture, a different environment, so I take away the things I, I, I you know, didn't help me out, and I'm, I'm always constantly finding ways to be the best dad I can be, because at the end of the day, people, kids are going to learn from their teachers, they're going to learn from their friends, they're going to learn from, you know, coaches and things like that. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the parents and them teaching their kids um, those characteristics of a good person, a good human that is, and, and that's where it starts is in the home. Yeah, very well said. And when it comes to weight loss, it's an area that many people struggle, dads in particular here. And we are in April now, so that means that all New Year's resolutions have gone out the window. Uh, but what is the difference between the people who have the desire to lose weight and see it through and those people that have the same desire, but two or three months into it, they kind of throw in the towel? 
Yeah, and and being in this industry, I see this all the time, <laughs> you know, so it's very common for that to happen. And I think what happens is our perception of health and fitness is this thing that needs to be this end-all, be-all thing where they sacrifice, um, you know, uh, themselves and their body in the gyms, which means they're suffering and they think it sucks and their body's supposed to be sore, and then they starve themselves and they're suffering through that, wanting to look a certain way, thinking if I look this way, then... I'll be able to love myself. People will love me. People will respect me more. And we we wait until we have this perfect body before we give ourselves permission to love ourselves or accept ourselves. And I think what happens is people realize it's a lot harder than they think. It's more of a mental and emotional journey, and they get burnt out of, you know, killing themselves in the gym and starving themselves to look skinny. And then they realize, you know what, this is so much effort for small or minimal results. And so that's their perception of health and fitness. They think and they need to be this Instagram model to be of value or be successful at being healthy. But at the end of the day, especially if you're a parent out there listening, it's so important for you to realize that you can't pour from an empty cup. So if you're not taking care of yourself first and foremost, it's hard to continue to give and give and give. And from moms and dads giving so much to their kids that they sacrifice their own well-being, at the end of the day, they're pouring from an empty cup. And before you know it, that's going to, you're a better version of yourself when you take care of your health first. And so it's going to catch up to people if they don't realize that lesson. So what I'm saying is you don't need to go to the gym for hours and, and ignore your kids while you're meal prepping, but find ways to include your kids in this healthy lifestyle so that they pick up on those habits. Yeah, good stuff, Drew. And and since you mentioned it there with the online, how much does social media play into this? Because, I mean, it was bad enough that TV used to only show people with the sculpted bodies on the commercials to sell their products. But now with all these Photoshop apps on the phone, everybody has the ability to airbrush themselves and put out this false image of what they look like on social media. And it can make people feel very insecure depending on who they're following. So uh, how much does that play into the industry? Man, that's that's so huge. I mean, I think social media does a lot of good for our society, but also there's a lot of negative that uh, that comes from it as well. And this is one of those things of of the perception of being happy, the perception of being healthy, and we think it needs to look a certain way, like we see on social media or on TV, and um, it perpetuates a lot of people's depression because they are comparing themselves to you know their their friends that are they see online or the celebrities, thinking, man, they look so happy, they look so healthy. And we think, that's what I want. And if I had that, then I would be happy. And it's kind of like the myth of chasing money. We think, oh, we have all the riches in the world, all of our problems will be solved. Well, if that were the case, every rich, successful person would be happy. But a lot of them are miserable. (laughs) And so we have to realize that that doesn't equate to happiness. And we get to choose to be happy now while we're working on a better version of yourself. It doesn't need to be one day when I look this way or once I have this, then I'll be happy. We're chasing something that might never happen. So choose to be happy now. And it's just a a shift in perception, which is really hard for people to do, but it is possible. Yeah. And I think we've all been fooled into this illusion that money is everything. And listen, I'm not saying that money's not important. It obviously is. But the idea that money is the real wealth, I think is very misleading. And to prove this to the kids that I teach in CCD, especially the eighth graders, I'll say, you know, hey, if Bill Gates walked into the room right now and offered you half a billion dollars, but all you had to do was take both eyes out of your sockets and donate them to him, uh, how many would be willing to do it? And of course, none of them raised their hand. And I try to explain to them, see, you're walking around with the real wealth here. You're just placing the wealth into some monetary thing called money, which really um, is an illusion in my opinion here. But um, with all this social media and technology, Drew, it is a struggle for many parents out here. So how do you kind of handle technology with your kids? 
That's a great question. And just so everyone's listening is, is as parents, you know, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be the perfect parent and saying, okay, my kid gets 10 minutes per day and they have to, you know, work out first to get it or they have to earn, you know, minutes on it. And I'm totally fine with that. At the end of the day, I think we're all just trying to do the best we can. And sometimes that's guessing and figuring out what works best for our specific kids. So for me, yeah, sometimes I have to give my kids their iPad to be able to, you know, keep them entertained, for example, while let's say I'm on a podcast or I'm doing a speaking engagement and, you know, they're, you know, I need them to be quiet. And so for me, I definitely sometimes feel guilty about that. But at the end of the day, I just tell myself, look, I'm doing the best I can in my current situation. But the thing for me that I think is important for all parents to realize when their kids are in front of technology is find ways to be present with them. So know what they're doing. Sometimes I'll go down with my girls and be like, okay, what are we watching on YouTube? Let's watch it together. And we'll talk about the video that we watched, just watched instead of saying, okay, you guys are over there on your phones. I'm over here on my phone. Let's ignore each other for 30 or 60 minutes. It's finding ways to be present with them, even if they are on, you know, you know, using technology. Um, we, I definitely try and limit it as much as possible. But if I'm not, maybe I can find a way to use it as a, as a teaching lesson of, okay, here, this is what happened in this video. What's the, a life lesson that can apply to their life so that they actually get something out of it instead of just mindlessly, numblessly watching these videos or, you know, staying entertained on, on social media. All right, it is time to get an important word from our sponsors and then back with more from Drew Manning. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. We are all about creating good humans, right? But if you're finding your kids are more interested in listening to cartoon characters than you, the parent, here's a great way to get your kids thinking about what good behavior really is. The SirDap Game Show app is so much fun for kids 5 to 8 who are challenged to figure out what's polite or rude, who left a mess, or what's right for the environment, while absorbing good messages about how their behavior can affect others. Check out SirDap.com to learn more. That's S-I-R-D-A-P-P.com. Let's go, dads. There may be no greater experience than bringing your kids to the ball game. And right now, Major League Baseball is in full swing, and you can save $20 off your ticket prices by visiting SeatGeek.com or going to the SeatGeek app and applying my promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, at the checkout. And First Class Fatherhood listeners are going to receive $20 off their ticket prices. This is good for Major League Baseball, NHL, NBA, Broadway shows, whatever your interests are, use the promo code FIRSTCLASS over at SeatGeek.com and save $20 off your ticket prices. SeatGeek.com, fatherhood, the best seat in the house. Yeah, it is definitely complicated for sure. It does force us to have certain conversations a little earlier with our kids than maybe we would like, but uh, because any kid in the schoolyard with a phone could be showing them anything from anywhere. So, I mean, it's definitely a learning on the job experience of how to handle it all. And I think that's the important lesson to remember is like all the parents out there, don't beat yourselves up. It's not about being perfect. There's, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to learn and grow. And our kids are resilient. Just remember that. And, you know, they're light years ahead of where we were at that age. And so, uh, I think the important thing is to remember, you know, uh, take the lessons that you've learned from technology and have those hard conversations that maybe our parents, you know, didn't have, you know, didn't know how to have those conversations, those awkward conversations with our kids. And unless we break that cycle, this, the same types of, the same types of things are going to happen. 
And so you got to learn how to break that cycle um, by having those awkward, un- uncomfortable conversations at times. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Good stuff. Um, all right. How about discipline, Drew? What type of disciplinarian are you as a father? Are you a spanker, timeout guy? How do you handle discipline? Oh, that's a good question, man. <laughs> um, I'm not really a spanker, to be totally honest with you. I uh, expect a lot out of my girls to do what I tell them to the first time around. And I just I, I try and tell them, if you listen to me the first time, you will almost never get in trouble. But if I have to tell you five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times, there's going to be some yelling. There's going to be some timeouts. There's going to be um, some privileges of, of taking stuff away. Um, and this is kind of falls into the same category of like, hey, I'm doing the best I can. For me, I just I don't gravitate to spanking, um, especially at the the age my girls are. They don't need that to to feel, um, uh, you know, the <laughs> the the discipline that needs to happen. Like, and in my opinion, you know, just that, but that's my current situation with my girls. I don't really need to spank them because they listen. If I yell at them, put them in timeout, the you know the lesson is is there for them. So. Um, you know, but it's different. It, I, you know, I don't have like a, uh, my kids are really good to be totally honest with you. So, um, you know, I'm very fortunate in that way. Uh, but at the same time, I know there's kids that are very rebellious and rambunctious and maybe when they're teenagers, it's going to be a whole new level. And so I'm, you know, nervous, excited, scared, uh, ready for this adventure of, of life as a dad, uh, come what may and just do the best I can, man. Yeah, very cool. And since you do have girls, my daughter's only four now. She's my baby. But how can we kind of get our girls interested in eating healthy and taking care of their bodies without making them feel insecure about what they're eating and how they look? Is there any way to kind of smoothly get them to eat healthy and avoid things like obesity? Yeah, that's a great question. So with my kids, I make sure and never, never make it about weight or their body. Um, I definitely educate them on on what certain things are, like certain macros, proteins, what do proteins do, what do fats do, what do carbs do. Um, they come with me grocery shopping. They cook with me so they understand what foods are and why we eat them. And, of course, my kids are going to want candy over broccoli, just like any other kid. Do I let them have that? No, not all the time. But every once in a while, I definitely give them treats. They have to earn the treats. Um, but at the same time, it's it's educating them as to why they need to eat those foods versus just, um, you know, saying, hey, you better eat this food or else, like forcing them to do it. There's a why behind everything we do. And so I think education is key. And uh, I definitely try not to freak out over obsessing about what goes in their body. If I obsess over it, in my opinion, that might cause them to rebel. I've noticed if I'm too strict on them, the second they're out of the house and they're at a friend's house, it's like, oh, Oreos, you know, candy. It's like, I never get this in my dad's house. And so I don't freak out about those kinds of things. Control what you can control. So when they're with you and they're eating with you, they eat the food that you eat, okay? Don't make them, you know, macaroni and cheese and chicken nuggets while you're making your salad, trying to be healthy and, and give them whatever they want. I definitely make them eat what I eat. But at the same time, you know, there's there's treats or there's um, other foods that, um, you know, are whole foods. I try and stick to healthier whole foods versus processed foods, you know, night, uh, you know 90% of the time. Well said. That's some great advice right there. And how about uh, supplements, Drew? There's a whole wing at the supermarket dedicated to supplements, and every guy on the box is always, you know, all chiseled up. And dads think, well, I'll, you know, I'll just take a few of these instead of hitting the gym for three hours a day, and I'll get the same results. Uh, but we know that's unrealistic. What are some of the safe or some of the better supplements that dads can be taking, you know, if they are uh, dedicated to getting in shape? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Specifically for dads, let me just say this about supplements. is There's no magic bullet, right? There's no magic pill. There is just, uh, you know, the, nothing is going to replace living a healthy lifestyle, meaning exercise and eating real whole food. Um, no supplement's going to replace that ever. But there are some things I would recommend on a very basic level, level to get started for the dads out there. Um, you don't need a ton of whey protein. Creatine is, is probably the most studied supplement out there. So if your goal is to build some lean muscle mass, I'm not opposed to creatine monohydrate. It's very cheap. It's very affordable. It's very safe. Um, so I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Other things on a very basic level would be vitamin D3 plus K2. That's that uh, you can buy, you know, at your grocery store. Supplementing with vitamin D is very important for our hormonal levels, so things like testosterone and estrogen, which you want in check. Um, other things like fish oil or krill oil, I would add in there at a very basic level, unless you eat fish on a daily basis. Um, and then the other things would be things like zinc and magnesium, um, which are you know pretty much just vitamins you can buy anywhere. Um, those basic minerals our body needs. A lot of people are deficient in those, and when we're deficient in those minerals, it affects our hormones. Uh, levels and so if you're not optimal uh, uh, hormonally, you're not going to be optimal as a human. <laughs> and so, definitely get your hormones checked on a regular basis. Get your blood work done. But those would be the basic ones. You don't need all the fancy pre-workout and uh, protein supplements if you're eat, eating real whole food. Um, so it just depends on what your goals are. But those are the very basic ones I would say. Okay, awesome. Great advice there as well. And speaking of goals, Drew, what type of goals or plans do you have for the future? Will, will there be any more kids in the future for you? So I'm divorced, and so I, I, I'm not planning on getting married anytime soon. Uh, I have two kids that I love and adore and give them my uh, most of my time and attention to. But I will never say never because you never know what's going to happen in the future. Experiences might you know, change and shape your beliefs. And I'm okay with uh, changing things up. So I'll never say never. But as of right now, on the horizon, I can't foresee me getting married and having more kids yet. But uh, I'll keep you guys posted. Yeah, and maybe you could comment on this, Drew, for the divorced dads that are out there listening. At what point in a new relationship would you consider introducing a new girlfriend to your kids? It's a great question. And that's one of my biggest fears that I've had to overcome over the past four and a half years since my divorce was bringing someone in. Because it gets complicated, right? Um, you can find the perfect mate to be with, but if they don't like your kids or if your kids don't like them, it's going to be complicated. Or maybe you don't like their kids, right? They have kids that they bring into the mix. Maybe your kids don't get along. It's going to complicate things. And so I've had these fears over the years. I think it's really important to work with a life coach, with a therapist, to work through these issues, to overcome those fears, to living um, a life that is instead of full of fear and what if. Uh, learning how to live a life that is full of, of love. And I know that's really easy to say. <laughs> it's hard to live. I can definitely attest to that personally. Uh, but working with a life coach or a therapist and reading books about personal development, really to let go of those fears is really important so that you live a full, complete, fulfilled life, in my opinion. Um, and so for me, I do date. I am dating someone right now, and that's new for me. I'm, you know, she's, I've introduced her to my girls. And um, it's a new dynamic, and I'm just taking it day by day. I try not to let the anxiety, the fear of what ifs consume me. They're always there, but I'm more aware of them and can realize what they are, and they're just thoughts. They don't need to become a reality. Well said. And listen, I've had a couple of winners from The Bachelor and The Bachelorette on the podcast here. Is that something that you would ever uh, consider yourself doing? I've been asked to be on some of these dating shows, to be totally honest with you. Um, 
that would be hard for me, man, putting my, my dating life out there in the public for many to see. But like I said, I'll never say never. So <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> all right. Last thing I want to hit you with here, Drew, I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Yeah, learn how to embrace vulnerability as a strength during this process with your with your you know significant other. Uh, learn how to live, be authentic with them and realize that, you're going to do the best you can with what you have. Don't overcomplicate things. And, um, you know, it's not about being perfect. It's about being the best version of you. So that means taking care of yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, so that you show up as a dad fully in your kid's life. And like I said, you know, unless you're you're pouring from a full cup, um, you're, you're going to struggle through this life if you're always pouring from an empty cup. So learn how to take care of yourself first and foremost so you can give more fully to your spouse, your kids, your friends, your family, your loved ones, your employees, you're a better version of yourself when you take care of those four pillars of those four pillars, the physical, the mental, emotional, and spiritual. And uh, that would be my advice. Well said. Great advice. I love the message. Uh, this has been a pleasure for me. I got to say, Drew Manning, you are a first class father. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on first class fatherhood. I appreciate it, man. I loved it. Thank you so much. Okay. I'm back with a couple of closing thoughts in just a second here. to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Drew Manning for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in. Tomorrow on the podcast, we are going to have Eric Reese, the father of the late Jesse Reese and the founder of the Jesse Reese Foundation. Thursday, we're going to have one of the biggest names in CrossFit, Jason Kalipa, stopping by. And then Friday, we are getting you saddled up and ready for this year's Kentucky Derby with world-class jockey Jose Ortiz. All right? So that's all I got for you guys today. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. I'm Alec Lace. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers. <laughs>